0: Freezer this is the Fraser House. Welcome back to the Prazer House. I'm your host, Brandon Bailey, right alongside with Mike Rathke. I can't believe we're this far into this podcast journey. Do you I know. Either?
1: I can't either. I mean, I, 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 I'm surprised, not surprised, but... Seven, I mean, we're on number seven right now. I'm going to stop counting them. I I think we should because, I mean, how long do you want to carry that out? I'm I'm envisioning
0: 1,372.
1: Welcome to episode 525,400. You
0: know, that's just, it just gets silly. It's going to get spirally. Yeah. I don't like spiraling. And
1: people don't care after like one or two. They're like, I get it. You did another podcast. Move on.
0: Today's a really cool event. We, you know, it was a busy week for us with a podcast. We had Brian Welch from Love and Death on. We had Zach Niece, which we all know from Gateway. Quite a few people. Um, people are getting excited. It's amazing to see the numbers ramp up. Today I'm really excited, not that I'm not excited every single day when the Lord grants us the opportunity to wake yeah. up, which we have our prayer. We had a friend on, a real yeah. friend. yeah like I, I love this guy. I mean I've, I, I've hung out with him uh, in Nashville, you as well. We've hung out. I've hung out with him in London, caught him there on a tour when he's gone to Italy. Um, Brad
1: Alden is on with us today. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah yeah, I I'm, I'm, ex- I'm stoked. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Well and a guy who stays busy. Yeah. You know, he's he's both in two, two parts of the world, we always joke. You know, he's got fashion going uh, with the clothing line and then, uh, you know, with music and being in worship. So with Brad waiting online, let's jump right in. Let's do it. Brad, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Praiser House.
2: Hey, my brothers. How are you?
0: I know, man. It's I feel like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, you're so far away, but now you're just up the road from our little sunny Vera Beach, <laughs> Florida.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was blessed to see uh, Big Mike on a Sunday morning. It's so good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, um, dude, thanks for coming on, man. We're super excited, and and we're missing Danielle today, but we, we, we wanted to make sure we say hey to her and hope she's doing yeah. well as well.
2: Yes, she's doing great, man. She's sorry she had to double booked herself, but uh, hopefully I can do justice to this <laughs> phone call.
0: Well, you know the old line is, where we are, you're always welcome. So there's no reason we can't have a part two for this Your yeah, House, man. Sure. People people love your music. <laughs> so we want to just jump right in. So we know you're a pretty seasoned vet, you know, singer-songwriter a uh, worship leader, uh, an entrepreneur, but I think people who don't know Brad Alden, like we do, because we've had so many opp- cool opportunities to you know just hang out together and just shoot the breeze. I think we gotta take people back to Brad before he was Brad Alden, the worship leader. And this goes, this goes wow. even before you get into LA at the Musicians Institute, which I've had some friends that have taught there and have graduated from there. So you gotta start with, I'm Brad and here's where I'm from. Can you give that to our fans?
2: Yeah, man. Um, well, uh, I guess going way back, I was a son of a world war II Marine. I was like the last, uh, child in a second marriage of his. And he grew up, uh, raising us like to be tough and to be self self, uh, reliant and resourceful. But he was, uh, also, a, uh, an alcoholic from noon till he passed out pretty much every day. Uh, but he was an entrepreneur, a hard worker, uh, didn't know the Lord. Not not that he was against it, but we were we were career Catholics. My mom put us through catechism and CCD and things like that at a young age, and uh, pretty much from then on, it was twice a year, you know, check the box and go to church and and uh, yeah. do do what mom said to make her happy and try not to feel too guilty. And that that's that was my church journey. And then, uh, but I was in high school bands playing rock and roll, um, everything from pop to Jazz to hard rock, and um, I played bass for quite a while. I started out on bass. I love bass guitar. Um, got into vocals just because they needed a singer, and then I, I kind of liked that. And then I moved. Uh, I toured around Chicago right out of high school and um, played a semi-original, semi-cover bands uh, around the city. And I remember being, um, I remember being 18 years old and and uh, kind of sneaking in with the band to play nightclubs, and I, you know. Uh, accessing alcohol and thinking, man, I've, I've made it. I'm making six hundred dollars a week and I'm playing my music and singing and and uh, there's girls and there's drinks and and then I saw a guy uh that was I think forty at the time and I'm eighteen and, and he's doing the same thing as me for oh, the man. same money. And I'm like, oh, this is it <laughs> <laughs> I I and, and then I remember yeah and then I remember um doing things like new year's eve and going man i love music but this something's missing like this isn't fulfilling of Mm -hmm. course i was far away from uh what i would say walking with god or salvation so I, i never knew for years and years that that it would be serving him and using the passion for music to to glorify god and worship but uh but yeah, so that was kind of the start of it. Then I moved to L.A. to go to Musicians Institute and learned that uh, it was more important how you look than how you play in Hollywood. For- <laughs> yeah, isn't that,
0: isn't that the real? <laughs> so and how was that journey going out there? I mean, coming coming out of Chicago, Um, That's a pretty lively scene. I got a couple of friends up there in the agent world Um, But getting to LA, what was the push? I mean was it Musicians Institute calling and saying hey, I gotta come I gotta learn more music at a higher technical level or am I talking to just I've got a friend They got a band. We're gonna crush it in Hollywood.
2: Well uh, so so um, The good thing about learning music and playing in Chicago is people there were very not image conscious. They were all about being a good musician. So, so there's a big jazz and progressive jazz fusion scene. And, um, I remember being so inspired by incredible musicians and players and things like that. And then a couple of us, uh, wanted to go out to Hollywood really to, to go to this music school. Am I, and there were two of my friends that had already signed up and I was like, well, uh, we've been in a band together. The guitar guy's gone, the drummer's gone, and they just had opened or, or they have a vocal division to what they're doing. So I took the, I said, okay, I'll go with you and we'll, we'll do it as a, as a team. And so our sort of band at the time all went out there and lived in an apartment together. Uh, it was quite a, quite an experience right on the corner of Franklin Avenue and Highland. If you know, Hollywood, sure. there's a holiday Inn right there. And um, it's right next door to a big old church, and uh, we were just as broke as a joke. And there were cockroaches everywhere in this place. It was, it was not ideal living, but it was great memories. Yeah, yeah. and
0: you're a young guy at this point, and Musicians Institute is really starting to come up at this time, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, no, it was super cool because uh, I think what's the neatest thing about MI is um, they have different you know categories. You can do engineering, you can do vocals, you can do piano and keyboards, you can do guitars. And then they bring you together as part of your curriculum assignment to do performance things together. So you pick people from each different category and you do these performance credits in front of the whole school. So it's a little intimidating, but what a great opportunity to meet people and grow and work on something together. So yeah, it it was really a neat experience.
0: And from everybody I've worked with that's in LA, I mean, gosh, hundreds of people, one guy stood out there at Musician's Institute, became a, a professor back there, and he produced one of our artists. We still manage them today. Hans' album, that it's been a pretty cool. And, and what I understand, they don't mess around. Like it, it's like a Berkeley College of music, my alma mater, or George Fox, where Mike it you know goes to. They put it to you, and they really test you. And I think it's good. I mean, it make it, you, there's a maturation process yeah. that kind of speeds that up. You're like, hey, I yeah. got to get out in front of people and show what I got. Um, so yeah. we go from the guys are all hanging out together. We're learning. We're forming did you did a band get formed from that as you guys kind of are tumbling into the party scene the whole the whole hollywood quote unquote kind of vibe
2: who told you i don't know
0: i mean i I thought it was only in the movies but i guess not
2: you know uh those two guys actually didn't like la and they moved home to michigan they were from michigan and um I was sort of enamored with the the bright lights and the pretty girls and the the idea of making it and hanging out with the cool people. And so I would say that I individually got kind of wrapped up in the, the wildness of Hollywood in L.A. and I would take whatever side job I needed to do to be able to pay for a rehearsal room and out in L.A., you know, a lot of places, it's not like a lot of the country, um, well, a few years back anyway, that, that would pay musicians to, to play. You had to almost rent the place out, and then they give you tickets. And if you sell those tickets, you can get some money back. And if you don't, you basically pay to play. And
1: mm.
2: so it's a different hustle. Um, but um, so I was, that was the, kind of the idea. But, you know, I got detoured by uh, kind of adopting a life of the world got a hold of me, let's just say that. And um, I ended up becoming like hooked on methamphetamines and, dating strippers. At one point I was a DJ at a, a strip club and I was a mud wrestling uh, uh, referee. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was very, uh, I don't know if serendipity is not the right word because it wasn't really good luck. It was just uh, the just way, the circumstance. Flow. And, and, and for me at the time, yeah. because um, I really, nobody had ever introduced me to a relationship with the Lord, like the kind of thing that I, I just live for now. Um, so it seemed like I was winning at the time, right? You've yeah. got you've got women and alcohol and drugs, and I'm playing music in between and trying to make it with my you know new cool friends, and uh, that's kind of how my Hollywood journey started.
0: Yeah, man, that's incredible. And you know something that no one ever teaches the artist, Mike, as Brad, you went through this kind of trial by fire, and I only learned this from through you know quitting the sales job and going to become an artist manager so many years ago that artists become salespeople early in their career. And you said something that was really keen. So like from our young artists that are listening, it's really important that when you go out there, um, no matter what you're playing for, hopefully you're playing for the right team. But at the same time, it's like you have to make it happen. And what I mean by that is putting butts in seats. We can use butt, right? That's a (laughs) G-rated word. (laughs) But you got to put butts in seats to actually have a, a, a concert. You know, um, yeah. it's not it doesn't come with easy challenge, but when you're in this scene, Brad, you, you know, we all I think God drags us through the fire and the valley sometimes and where we think we're like, oh, yeah, it's really great. It's actually going to kill us. And that yeah. leads to you getting into drugs and you had a near death experience that kind of shook you before you you have this invitation to go to church. Right. Can you share that with our, our fans?
2: Yeah, um, there were several things looking back now that I feel like, um, you know, maybe God was trying to get my attention. But the biggest one that kind of brought me to the end of myself was uh, a divorce. One of the one of the uh, lovelies that I was chasing in my Hollywood days was a was a playboy mom. And uh, she ended up getting pregnant and my my daughter was born, which is a huge blessing. Um, but and I married her. Because I had gotten her pregnant, but I had no idea how to lead a family, and I, I was barely aware of how to be a dad, and I was learning those things. But uh, um, you know, we tried our best to to make it as a family. With we didn't have really God in between us or above us, um, and both of us were focused on what we thought the world would would give us as we pursued glamour and lights and 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 trying to sort of make it without knowing much about business and just just having this sort of creative drive, but knowing very little about, you know, like you said, music business, and um, we ended up divorcing, to make a long story short, and um, by then we had also had a son, and uh, it was um, the hardest thing I'd ever gone through, because you, you you, have kids. Do you have kids, Brandon?
0: I don't, but Mike does. My life has lived through Mike a furry does. dog. Yeah. I see. Well, <laughs> I
2: met Charlie, one of your kids, Mike, and yeah. he's so precious, so can you imagine... <laughs> Yeah, something happening where you're separated from them. Like I had, I had put on my hustle to, to provide for these children. And, and if, if for, for those of you, maybe a dog's the same way, but you love kids in a way that you don't love anything else. It's such a special, sure. deep, yeah. uh, thing. And so having to kind of being betrayed in a, in, in a divorce where you're, you know, you're, you're hurting each other and there's, was infidelity in our case. And, uh, Uh, And then she moved away and took the kids and and then there's money stuff involved. It was just like I I know it was awful and and divorces is is weird because It doesn't go away, especially if there's kids like you can't just like turn the corner and go. Okay, that's done It's like you still have to deal with all of that and deal with yourself and, and try to maintain life to some extent so that kind of brought me to the end of myself and um I remember falling on my knees at my house at the time that I had worked so hard. I'd gotten into the denim industry, which you know about to to provide for my family because touring wasn't very conducive to being a dad and uh, too inconsistent financially, at least at that time. And and so uh, uh, I just cried out to God and I didn't know what to do, but my brother, my half brother was living in Ohio and he had given his life to the Lord. And this is the same guy who once upon a time Um, had introduced me to drugs and got me a job as a DJ in a strip club, all the things that that we both learned from having an alcoholic father. Right. Mm, Sure. So, so we thought that was, you know, winning. Right. And, uh, the truth is it was, you know, leading us right to death. And, um, so he said to me, my pastor in Ohio has a friend in Arizona named Tommy Barnett, who has a son in LA named Matthew Barnett, who has a cool church. And I heard they have really cool music. Uh, if I make a call, would you go down and just introduce yourself and, and just go to church? And secretly he was praying that, yeah. you know, God would get a hold of me or something like that. And I, I my mind church was was the Catholic experience yeah. I had had. And I was like, oh, like, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I, I did it more as a hey, I love you and I know you care about me. And he was one of the only guys that was always there for me through the tough stuff. And uh, I went. So, so someone met me at the door. I had never been to this place. And if you've ever been to the Dream Center in LA, they do church at a place called Angeles Temple, which is uh, okay, an old yeah. historic building that is so beautiful. Um, there's like, it's like 3000 seats, so it's pretty big. And it was designed by a, a pretty uh, legendary lady named Amy Semple McPherson. And, and there's a great story, if you ever wanna look it up about Angeles Temple, how they designed the building to kind of face the city. So the, the words of the gospel would go out over the city and it's, yeah. it's neat. But anyway, uh, I had never seen that sanctuary, and someone took me in the side door, and I I go in the back, and I met this wacky pastor. He's just—if you've ever seen a, go check out Matthew Barnett on Instagram. (laughs) He's quite a guy. (laughs) But but what what they've done at the Dream Center is phenomenal because it was the first time I saw the hands and feet of Jesus in motion, Mm. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that in a second. But this first day uh, took me in the green room and he said, Hey man, I had my I'd taken my nine-year-old son with me and he was just about ready to move to Florida with his mom. So, um, truthfully, I, I think I took him as a crutch to, to feel comfortable myself. Cause I was really nervous to go to church, yeah. especially somewhere I'd never been. Right. And, um, so he introduced us to the band, the worship band at the time. And he said, why don't you walk out in the sanctuary with me and you sit by my wife and I, And I walked in and it was really dark and the lights were down and there was this huge stage and the music was loud and rocking and there were cool people and the place was filled with thousands of people. And I'm like, what is going on? I've never seen like this. (laughs) And then I looked around and there were like there was white people, black people, Asian people, homeless guy. There was two famous folks right in front of me, everything, like every walk of life you can imagine. And I saw a guy with a flannel shirt on and he had tattoos like me and he was just and full awesome. surrender, and I'm like, wow, this guy doesn't really care at all that I'm here. And I, you know, you're always thinking that first yeah. day in church that somebody's really looking at you, right? Like, <laughs> like the truth is they're not paying attention to you at all. It's not about you. But I didn't know that. Right. So, so that day, um, God had designed that day for me because the message was there's life after giving up. Mm. And I remember as the guy was talking, Matthew Barnett was talking. Like, it was like, he kept talking and talking. I'm like, whoa, like this, this is like, he's talking just to me. And like all these 3000 people disappeared. And there was this tunnel to my ears of somebody telling me something like, pay attention. And I was deeply impacted. And then they did something I had never seen. They did this invitation or altar call, right? I had never been through one of those. And when they asked if anyone wanted to raise their hand and give their life to the Lord, um, I I had kind of put my head down and I noticed my my nine-year-old son had raised his hand and and he oh, had been, and he's going through this hard mm-hmm. time seeing his mom and dad separate and and we just started sobbing and I and I knew then that something was really, really different. So that was the first day of kind of breakthrough and, and, and seeing and feeling God in a different way. And Dude. that led to getting involved with the worship band.
1: That's awesome, man. We had like you and your son got gave your life to the Lord on the same day. Yeah, dude, that's incredible, man. (laughs) Um,
0: Mike, Mike, can I go ahead and just tell our audience? So we have something called a spiritual punch. Oh boy! (laughs) And uh, he, but Uh this, this is no, this is what the Praiser House is about. This is where I go over to Mike and I put my arm around him. So I created something. I don't know if I, I didn't create it. I just came. It's just a name. Yeah. Spiritual punches. Spiritual punches are not just from like with that moment you getting saved but your your testimony is so powerful and why we have the Praiser House and get to yeah. know the person behind the music yeah this isn't yeah. something
1: you would hear just on a, you know you yeah. hear the album this is this is this is why we do the Praiser House to hear these stories of of God's yeah. spirit moving in in musicians and whatever walk of life that they're in and,
0: yeah. and we've had quite a bit of time to talk to you, Brad, in multiple different settings. And I had never heard that story. Yeah. And I looked over at Mike and a spiritual punch in our office is we'll, we'll be just talking about something and it's about God related or something inspiring. And I yeah. get this punch right, right here in my diaphragm. And I just start crying. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just start crying. Yeah. You know?
1: so, so how, how, how long had your brother been saved before he, he called you and said, Hey, check out this Man, church.
2: He had already been saved for like, 10 years or something like that. And and over the years, uh, you know, this got to remember, this is a guy who I had partied with on multiple occasions and we we had womanized together. And, and all of a sudden he, he had gotten married and and given his life to God and, and he's talking Jesus all the time. And I remember literally going, okay, Hey Jeff, I love you and you've been so good to me, but can you stop with the Jesus stuff? And he was just so excited, right, yeah. about his <laughs> salvation and that joy. And I I get it now. Yeah. So that actually that lesson has been helpful for me to try to reach people now and to not be so overzealous that I scare them off, right? Yeah. Um and but, but to what you guys are doing, I give you kudos at Praiser House because it's testimony. Uh, if you if you do look up anything or you've been to the Dream Center, they do one every week with people in their discipleship program. It's a gnarly program. Mm-hmm. And it changes your life. You hear people's testimonies from all walks of life and, and what God's done to radically change them. Yeah. And, um, there's no way you can't be impacted.
0: You know, And there's that thing that comes into my brain. And this is where like Mike goes, you start r- driving the, the, the car, Brandon, you start on the track, man, and find all these little cool turns that puts us out in first. But well, I don't think people Got realize it. that they they hear testimony, right, Brad? And they hear, they hear like heartbreak and mm-hmm. they hear drug addictions. But I don't think that our audience really knows that you didn't just continue to push through the storm. You took a career job and went to New York City.
2: Yeah. So uh, before I went to New York, I had met a guy in L.A. who uh, my dad, the same dad I told you about, that was an alcoholic. Um, he kind of died young because he was already in his mid-40s when I was born. Wow. Um, and he had you know, lived a hard life. And, and he was he was either – I'd already passed away or was, was about to. And we weren't that close by the last few years of his life, and it was a sad ending. But – I met another guy who reminded me of my dad, much younger, super successful, and he was the inventor of stone washing jeans, apparently. Oh, wow. That, wow. Uh, and so so he had like four or five factories that were, were making like Levi's jeans and all these cool brands, uh, and at that time, there was a ton of manufacturing still in the USA. And he was a music guy too, he liked music, so he I, I met him through a friend of a friend, and he invited me to his house to Have dinner or something, and that turned into, hey, I'll come hear your band play. And that turned into, hey, I've got little kids. And he goes, oh, well, hey, I've got this denim company. Why don't you come check it out? And he invited me down, and and I was, like, blown away how cool it was that the— most people—Mike, you can probably relate to this— musicians typically have a, a technical and a creative side, and it's usually somewhere in that space, and some lean one way more than the other. But this denim processing facility, uh, was those same things it was technical it was creative and i just fell in love with it and that turned into working in each department from the the shipping to chemical purchasing to production to eventually uh, chemical formulations and then running the running one of his plants and that you know put me in contact with a lot of brands that would fly in from new york or la and one day a brand called jones New york who had like at the time, they were very successful. They had Ralph Ralph by Ralph Lauren, Lauren Jeans, uh, Jones New York, Evan Pacone, Nine West. So many brands that they were either fully on jeans or they had a segment of it that was making jeans. And and even though in my mind I'm this young musician who's learning a, a, a technical and creative thing to give my kids health insurance, hmm. they saw me as an expert and said, hey. Will you, this denim thing is growing. Will you come to New York and we want you to be a director of all these brands for their denim development? And I'm like, me, uh. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm a musician with a fish tank trying to make some insurance here. <laughs> and, then, and, and so that's how it happened. And, and I moved to New York and I became a vice president at a fortune 500 company. So then I'm flying all over the world. I put music aside for a few years because, because all of a sudden this career is unfolding. And, um, I'm developing in like forty countries. I'm traveling around and meeting people and, and teaching them how to do these denim washes and all these different countries and different fabrics and different finishes and it was really exciting and interesting. Huh. And yeah, the money came and and then all of a sudden I became this corporate guy and, and that had its own, you know, set of pitfalls that I ran into. Um which even on my end led to infidelity once or twice that later I confessed to my wife to try to save things, which didn't work. But um Anyway, so, so that was an exciting journey after that, after that, and after my divorce, I decided to open up my own company to use those wash skills. Um, and then I partnered with a couple of famous fabric development companies from Japan and a couple other places. And I was going to be their U S creative and technical marketing guy. And that's how artisan cloth started that, that, that you're, you're referring to now. And we had offices in New York and LA and just, just right before COVID, we had to shut down New York, but uh, we still have our LA showroom and a couple of people working there, and uh, yeah. it's been a blessing and a subsidy. While we were touring, I didn't get into the worship stuff. I'm sure we will, but yeah. but later, having the flexibility of my own company to sort of subsidize and work in and out of touring and writing songs, it's been it's been an interesting that, journey. To me, that's like that's like right
1: on the same heels as like what Paul did, like the Apostle Paul. He he made tents to to fund his ability to go out and preach the gospel. I mean, you made genes to fund your ability to go out and point people to the to the kingdom like it, through yeah. worship. Dude, that's like that's one hundred percent early church gospel. Like that's that's awesome, man. And what's so I guess
2: it yeah, go ahead. No, Brad.
1: Brad, go ahead, go ahead, please.
2: I was just gonna say what what's the pure part of it is that wasn't my intention. It was just uh survival mode, right? But God was shaping me yeah. for for his story that he had written for me. And it's been it's been exciting to walk into that, yeah.
0: Well, Man, yeah. Well, it's just so, <laughs> you don't know, We're gonna do some. <laughs> we're, we're gonna do some post. We're gonna do some post <laughs> editing. Um, what I think is so cool, and I know our audience can relate to this. Anybody who has come to Jesus, they've they they have gone through something. Uh, maybe that's not what they go. Maybe someone wakes up and they're or they're born and they're carried through life unscathed. Perfect, easy. I, I don't it. think so. Yeah. What I think is so cool is not only did he drag you through the fire, but he kind of brings you back up to the hillside in this career because you know you're now able to take care of the family. But then there's all these pitfalls. But there was still that thing missing, and it brought you back to music. And now, you, oh, yeah. and then you go back to L.A. Right? And yeah. at L.A., you're still in touch with Pastor Matthew Bennett. Barnett. So, so Barnett, was, Barnett. so, was
1: the Dream Center, um, your, your salvation experience, was that prior to the New York trip? Or was or, or was or was, did you go to the Dream Center after the whole New York scene?
2: That was after. So, okay. I had gone okay. to New York and then I went back to LA. Okay, gotcha. And, and uh, yeah, and when I got back to LA before I even met Pastor Barnett, I still hadn't, it was pre divorce. Okay. And um, I had gotten into like, I started to want to get back into music in LA after being such a corporate guy. And I, I joined a couple heavy metal bands and, and some guys and wrote an album. And, you know, that was right before my divorce. And then and then the Matthew Barnett part started and okay. the worship world opened up to me.
1: Yeah.
0: And so who who, who asked uh, Brad to be the worship leader? Because you led there for quite a
2: while, right? Yeah. Well, what was cool is you guys have met my friend Tyler Logan, who's toured with Israel Houghton, B.J. Putnam, uh, Ricardo Sanchez, uh, so many artists. He's, he's a worship director at Celebration Church in Austin, Texas. Yep. And he's been my touring partner and writing partner for years and one of my best friends. But he was on the worship team there and lived there with his wife when I, when I first went there. And I'll never forget this because it, it had a big impact on who I am today, leading worship here at Coastline. Is uh, he came up to me after, and he, he knew I was a musician, and he, he just was, he just was kind and loving and inclusive, and and not like oh I'm the I'm the music guy and li- talking down to you. He was just like, dude, why don't you come next week and let's jam or something? And and he ministered to me where I was at, yeah. And they never judged me. And 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 another thing happened that was, you know, you guys you've been around pastors and preachers and worship leaders, so so there's times when. People respond to a nudge they feel from God, or they call it a Holy Spirit uh, moment. And Pastor Barnett did something. I think it was literally the second or third week I'd ever been there. Is He asked me to do—they they did these songs called Offering Specials, where it's such a big place, it takes a long time to pass their bucket or whatever. So he asked me to sing one of my original songs. It wasn't even a Christian song. And I called that brother in Ohio and said, Guess what happened? And he's like, no way. That didn't happen. <laughs> he, he, he would never ask you to sing a, a non-Christian song in front of his church. I'm like, I'm telling you, that just happened. And it wasn't a bad song. It was a song called The Day After Yesterday. I'll never forget it. It's just kind of a you can you can hear old songs if you're a musician and gone through this transition of where you're searching and seeking yeah. and something's missing, right? And uh, I don't know, if it wasn't for Tyler reaching out and Matthew Barnett saying, you know what, I see I see something what God wants to do with you and, and being inclusive, my life wouldn't be what it is today, which is married to an amazing uh, Christian woman and leading worship at a huge church and, and sharing the gospel with people all around the country or whatever. Uh, you know, Romans eight twenty eight is what comes to mind with what you said. Like I, I, you know, I had been bounced around and scraped and bruised and had to learn hard lessons. That's just my yeah. story. And and God used all those things for good because now I can I'm the guy that can relate to the yeah. potentially a drug addict or a divorcee or a you know, real life stuff. And it's not just woohoo, right. you know, worship is great, but but it doesn't end there. We're ministering to people. We're loving on people is what we're really doing.
0: Yeah. I think that's yeah. the, the the whole point of, of being a sower of seed. I mean, I don't want to talk to the guy who I, and this is forgive me <laughs> in advance, but I don't want to talk to like the perfect story. You know, I have a joke in the old, in the music business, uh, working with pop artists and others, Brad. We always say like, with all due respect to the younger blonde boy out there coming up like young Bieber back in the day, <laughs> it, it, with all due respect to how talented they might be individually, it gets old. You know, yeah. it's like something's very real. And, I, and we talked to some other folks on the show and it says because of those trials and tribulations or like you you said it, you said it on our Praiser session. So thanks for being our first Praiser session, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's uh-huh. been it's been it's been a big hit for a lot of folks. Um, wow. But, you know, you said on there during that interview with us, you said, you know, I, I can relate to someone. I have tattoos or have different color hair and they may not relate to the norm. But guess what? Through that, I can reach their heart. And I think that's so cool, man. That's one of the cool. I love your story, but I think when you say those things, you love the lost even more. And there, God has put that on your heart to fulfill. And just
1: keep on doing it. Yeah. Thank you. It's cool too. Like it seems like with with all of our guests so far we've had, there's there's been this common thread of like God weaving a story throughout. You know, all the background stuff, all the all the the trials, all the the training, like everything. It, it's preparing the person for that next season of, of what their, what their mission in life in is, yeah. is to, is to minister the gospel. And, and your, your story is right on the same, the same theme as that. It's you, what you're doing now. You're God prepared you over a course of some years. And it's like, man, it's just, it's refreshing to see it. You know, it's, it's encouraging to see it, you know, it's awesome.
2: That's awesome. And uh, our pastor here, pastor Jason Byers, he, you know he has a real heart for the lost too so yeah. we we even use the, the platform it's not you know some places i'm not sure how everybody does it but uh, a couple months ago a guy came in and, and approached us after after church and and said man i really like the the tone of your guitar right that was his introduction to me and and uh but whatever it takes and his his father-in-law was there with him and said yeah my my son is super talented he's a musician and he really liked trip today and uh, Love to see if I can get him involved, but he's like two weeks sober off a of heroin, and you could tell he had like sores on his face, and mm. he was a little bit, you know, sweaty and disheveled. But, but I remember that first day when Tyler said to me, "Come on," yeah, and it was less less than a week. We got him involved, and and we didn't ask him to clean up first. Come as you are, right? That's real church to me. And and he he you know he wasn't able to really prepare very well, but but he got involved. He felt good about doing it. He ended up giving his life to the Lord, rededicating, and he got baptized not long ago. And, and so God uses um, those situations to reach people. It's awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we doing? What's, exactly.
1: What's the point? Well, yeah, let's just have a, a little get together so we can pat each other on the back, dude. That's awesome, man.
0: right? Yeah, I think yeah. you get. I think you get tired of the feel goods, yeah. and you need like you need yeah. meat. You know, yeah. you need to cut into it. I want to go back, Brad. So, Audience of One, your first worship album, first worship album. <laughs> So I can't, I don't think I can find it right now, actually. Um, I, well,
2: I took it down, but I'll tell you why in a minute.
0: Yeah, that this is good. So you get into it. So it, was it Tyler helping you with this first album in 2013?
2: Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, looking back, these guys were so generous and awesome to just, I, I guess for them, it was fun too, because I was different. I wasn't all churched up and I, and I had no history of the way Hillsong sounded or this one sounded. I was just this rough guy from the streets that was coming in going, uh, okay. I, I was, I guess I'd like to say I was fairly not dumb. I was smart because I was doing business, but, but I was also a mess and, and I had been playing hard rock music and, and it was something fresh for them. So they were like, yeah, hey, let's have some fun with this. <laughs> so, so really I looked back and it was like, you know, God words over rock music. And, and I was still, you know, I'm I, mean, I guess we're always on the journey, but that was definitely, uh, uh a transitional album for my life but it was special and yes tyler was a big part of that all the guitars on him are our Tyler and he loved because there's one song on there called he's more that it literally could be a stone temple pilots uh, Takeaway and and we just had so much fun rocking out in the studio <laughs> That's awesome. it's
0: funny that it's funny that you say that I I Hear things like somebody like you know, we're sitting around we're talking music and we're listening to something and then they're like Oh, that sounds like this and then someone's like, oh, it sounds like that and someone's like No, I don't. so we were listening to all your music just reviewing everything today and there was a part of you that reminded me of stone temple pilots and it is not that song, and then everyone's like, "Oh, Bon Jovi voice, you know, and all this." I was like, oh, "There's some like little rock in there," and I think it was everything that you are, is got this uh-huh. kind of rockability. That,
1: yeah, we were like, "This has got that." um, You said the the Seven Mary Three kind of vibe, of yeah. Like, it kind of has that. Like I miss that, like the '90s kind of rock edge stuff. It's just like there's. It's kind of reviving a little bit, but it 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 had a cool sound. I really liked it.
0: And as you're kind of drop. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brad.
2: No, I was just going to say, I didn't know any of those bands, That, that nothing. I had no Christian rock history, and uh, actually that song, Everything That You Are, was the first song before Audience of One. That was literally oh. when Tyler and I met, and that, that that song was another tune that I had different words for that we sort of turned into a Christian song that he helped me write the chorus for, and, and uh, yeah, so that song was really the first song.
0: So yeah. Everything That You Are is...
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, okay.
0: I, I want our audience to go back and listen to everything that you are. Um, I look, I, I forgot about it because I mean, I knew your catalog like that's out there publicly. But then Mike, I, I told Mike, I said, hey, man, listen to this uh, song. And he goes, I like you. Tommy like you. Tommy want wingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, it's, so it's 2013, 2014. And then there's this very special person who walks into your life. And we know that Jesus is front and center, but Danielle's right there. (laughs) So your current wife, you met in LA and you got to tell our audience a story. They're going to love this. This is a a sweet part.
2: Yeah, it's sweet. Um, When you, for those of you who've who've been um, infected by the Holy Spirit and you catch fire for God, like there's a season in the beginning where it's like all in, man, like it's not that it, shouldn't always be, but you're just so focused and desperate. And there's a beautiful zone that happens. I, I, I Those memories for me are some of the most fond because nothing mattered. My life was this close to like falling apart. And it, and it really was. And I was just hanging on to Jesus so closely. And I found this space in worship that I felt safe and valuable and um, so I would volunteer for anything and everything. It was never about money. I, if the halfway house needed a singer and they, you know, they had the worst gear on the planet, uh, it, I would be a 3000 seat sanctuary, or it could be a home group of three people or a halfway house. I did jails, prisons, uh, high school fellowship of Chris, anything. I would just say, I'll do it.
1: That's awesome.
2: And, um, we did, we did that audience of one that you mentioned. By the way, you're a good researcher. Um, <laughs> and, and Matthew Barnett had let me, because he loved my journey, right? And uh, he let me do a concert at Angeles Temple to kind of release that album. And there was uh, a lot of people there, and these two guys approached me afterwards and said, we're, we're launching a church in Long Beach, and, and uh, we don't have a lot of money. But uh, it was a really cool concert. And by the way, I'll pause for a second to tell you that you guys know who Jonathan Butler is? Yeah. Name. So he's a, he's a famous gospel guy, jazz and gospel. If you yeah. look him up, he's, he's a legend in that lane. And he had been coming around the church, and uh, he sat okay. in on my first concert. So it was, that was a real like highlight for me, too. Oh, but um, so these two guys approached me, said, we don't have a bunch of money. We're launching a church in, in Long Beach, and we'd love for you to kind of— we're bringing in a bunch of pastors, and we're just going to pray over the church, and we just want the music to come and go and go on for an hour and a half, and— uh, and they said, but we've, you know, we've got some local volunteers and a couple family members that we'd like to serve because they'll do it for free. They're kind of on our band. And one of the guys, the pastor said, one is my daughter, right? And at that time for a short season, I was a single dad to my daughter. It'd be Mike, it'd be like, if Charlie and you were, you were raising her as without a mom and, and uh, you're going through all the girl stuff, it's just <laughs> an amazing thing. So when this guy said that, I thought of a, like a, 12 or 13 year old little girl. And I thought, Oh, it's amazing. Like I'd love to have her join because I have such a heart for daughters. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the very last person that showed up for rehearsal was Danielle. And I was just like, Whoa, you're the daughter. <laughs> so, so there, you know, you, you've met her. She's a very attractive woman. And, uh, there was just an immediate con- connection, and and she had been going through like uh, I'll let you tell her tell you her story at some point. It's kind of funny too, but she was the opposite of me. She was grew up in church and was desperately trying to find a husband, and and um, so that's how we first met, and and there was a, there was a spark, and we literally had people kind of prophesying over us. I remember that very first night. there was a guy that said, "Hey, let me just a random guy. Let me take pictures of the band," and he pulled Danielle and I aside and said. This is weird, but I feel like I'm taking a, a future wedding picture. And we were both – it was so awkward because I'm like, oh, she's smoking hot. And she's like – she's just like, this is really awkward. And, uh,
0: and her dad's so, in the room,
2: right? Yeah, he wasn't there at that moment. But oh, okay. His- So so a week later we had dinner and one year later we were married. That's the story. That's awesome. It's
0: incredible. Well, if for all of our audience who haven't been around Brad and Danielle, they're a lot of fun. You know, there was something I gotta go back. I gotta talk to our audience about this. So people were like, Well, you know, you guys do these interviews and you interview people like Brad Alden and you know, you're gonna have Stephen Curtis Chapman coming on, all whatever. But people don't realize how we met. We met, and I'll be quick on this, but we met backstage at the Dove Awards and I saw you walking through. I didn't know who Brad Alden was. And Brad mm-hmm. Alden kno- didn't know who Brandon Bailey was. But there was this uh, look. We're not getting married, but there was an instant connection, and I knew it. And then the next thing <laughs> yeah. you know, like it was very bromantic. It dude. was very bromantic. <laughs> ah, yeah, great. yeah. Um, and Danielle was there too. Uh, no, it was not romantic or yeah. bromantic at that moment. <laughs> but it was it was great, and oh, we've gosh. been so thankful for you to be supporting Praiser, um as our music streaming app the Praiser House and then obviously you we know, we've talked so much but let's keep going with that. So you guys meet now this thing is like oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to like I'm going to have to win her over. And uh-huh. you're 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 starting to record but when did it first come in t- I know it was quick you guys get married. When did it come in as like hey, we're going to we're going to do a band thing. We're going to do this duo thing. How did that kind of form? Was uh-huh. it just was it just like general conversation? We're like no, we're going to make music and we're going to crush this game.
2: <laughs> well, I, we were, you know, she was a fitness trainer and had her own company in Pasadena and I was just all about music. I was just live and breathe. I wake up doing a vocal exercise and trying to find someone to write a song with and somewhere to play. And so when we met, uh, you know, we started dating and she, you know, she, like I told you, I, maybe I'm prep partial, but I think she's a super gorgeous woman. And, and she had a lot of guys chasing her actually. And, uh, I wasn't paying attention to that, but I learned that later. So there were a lot of distractions for her. Um, and But I was super focused and I thought, I just, I just know that I know that I know I'm this is the one. And she didn't know that as soon as I did. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so we were dating for a while and she had this complex and she was like, you know, like, like I would just talk like uh, about doing stuff together. And she would always say, look, I'm not your girlfriend. She would always just like draw the line. Like I, I I'm not your girlfriend. And, and and I remember. So one day we were talking on the phone, and she told me she was feeling sick. And uh, so I, I said, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I, I that later that day, I drove over to her house while she was at work, and I left a little care package of soup and emergency and and uh, Advil, or I don't remember what all was in it, but but just uh, something that she could take care of herself with, and. That made her so mad. She was like, I told you, <laughs> you're not my boyfriend, and you're not supposed to come here without telling me. And it, it was just the funniest thing, and and she broke up with me. And <laughs> oh. so, so I was like, yeah, it's, I'll let her tell you. Someday we'll have her on. And
0: yeah, I know. know we're going to have part things. two.
2: <laughs> it's funny. but So so that then we broke up, and she started dating some other guy for like uh, two months or whatever. And it was the first time in my life I, I didn't understand because I was really falling for her. Uh, but it was the first time ever as a man in dating um, that I said, "Well, she's a, a sister in Christ, right? And I want God's best for her, even if it's not me." So it wasn't easy, but I was able to say, "Look, I don't understand, but I, I you know, I wish you the best, and 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 I'm going to be praying for you." And I just sort of, you know, walked away with my tail between my legs and just tried to trust God on that one. And sure enough, things happened where. There were a couple worship events. Maybe her parents had something to do with it because they had asked me to sing again and she showed up and stuff like that. So I'm so grateful for them. But um, we, you know, we reconciled. And and once I I totally surprised her and asked her to marry me at some point, she was like, like, she literally said these words. She goes, I said, you know, I think we should do life together. And I gave her a ring. And she's like, like, for real, for real? Like, really? Like, she didn't (laughs) believe me. She's like. I haven't even allowed you to call me your girlfriend. What's going on here? (laughs) So she, she was like, but we were having this really amazing season together and God was doing something super cool. And she just said, well, she didn't say yes or no. She just said, can I pray about it and come back to you? And I said, yeah, I think I was, I just, I don't know why, but I knew. And, uh, two weeks later, she, she came over, uh, for dinner and, uh, she said, Oh, I got something to tell you. And I go, she's like, yes. And I'm like, w- you mean yes to the tacos or what? Do you-? I, I totally had forgotten. That. <laughs> and she's like, Oh yes, I'll marry you. And I'm like, what? Awesome. <laughs> and she said, there's only one condition though. I want to get married this year. That was, we were already in September, right? So oh my goodness. No, we were in October. So by Thanksgiving, we had to tell hundred people, uh, <laughs> we were getting married and where to go. So it was awesome. short engagement. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, God can, you know, what's the old line we have around here? God can open doors that no one else can shut and God can close doors that no one else can open, you know, and and you've, and you've thrown it. Well, you love Danielle. Danielle is, she's a fantastic human being, um, loves the Lord. So did, now here's the, the the tough question. Did you have to go and ask dad for the blessing?
2: I did. I did. That was awesome. And actually I realized (laughs) I didn't answer your question about the music together. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. We got time. Uh, so I did, it was the first time in my life and I'm so grateful I got to do this. I got to pursue her and actually ask for her hand, right? Like, like that seems so old school, but, but it was, I I loved it. And I remember you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I had met in the fashion industry because I still had our denim company and, uh, I had this friend from Nigeria and he's like, look, bro, I know you're a Christian, but in my country, what we do is give her dad a cigar and a bottle of peach schnapps. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I go, I go at this point, I go, I don't even drink anymore. And, and it's like, yeah, but, but it's a respect thing. And I, so, so I literally did that. Like, no he's, kidding. like he's a pastor, he's a pastor, right? And I, I made a joke <laughs> out of it. And I said, look, my friend from Nigeria said this would work. And I, and then I, so that was the funny part and the icebreaker. But then I said, you know, I really uh, fallen in love with your daughter and, and I, I feel like God wants us together and I, and I wanna ask her to marry me. And, and uh, you know, of course, he said yes. And, and the neat thing about that is last year on our anniversary, it was our five or six year anniversary he brought that stuff out and he goes, let's smoke this cigar together. You know, like, no like kidding. he saved that and he made a big joke in front of everyone. It was it, anyway, that's, awesome. yeah, that's the story. Well, yeah. isn't
0: that the greatest kind of story though, to have, I mean, you can't make it up. You can't rehearse that. Um, it's just so, I mean,
1: to, to see y'all
0: together, everyone knows it, it just exudes, you know, it exudes the true thing of love. You know, it yeah. really does. And the
1: other thing is, um, like at the Dove Awards last year, you guys were the best dressed people oh, yeah. in the entire <laughs> devil <Dove> Awards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is no joke. Well, they, we're, we're gonna put a picture of that up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna show
0: up, and I think that's that's a good thing. I mean, but you guys did decide to to do music together, and look what's happened. I mean, we we cross paths because your publicist was there backstage, and I saw him kind of passing by, and we we got to talking, and. I think both years they did. You know, Stephen Curtis Chapman tried to take it from you last year. He he had a tailor <laughs> yeah, red, red suit, red yeah, suit but on.
1: It, it didn't match the the Alden no duo that. dress. That not, was that not was the, that. the
0: green felt yeah. and her beautiful dress. It was like kind of like a peacock, you know, chaser. <laughs> yeah, that you know,
1: yeah, it, it was it was cool. It,
0: it was awesome. So we got to hang out with you last year in Nashville. That was a lot of fun. Um, and we yeah. and, and look, I want everybody to know. Um, check out Brad and their music. I mean, it's really simple. Um, you go to Spotify, you can go to their website, um, you name it. And let's just plug that now. So bradalden.com for all of our Praiser House fans out there that want to yeah. check out your music. Um, YouTube, Spotify, all the major platforms. Praiser, they're on Praiser. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we when we were hanging out with you last year in Nashville, we came out to you. We were, we were working hard to get to your showcase, I assure you. We were bouncing I don't know how many days. That was a busy we weekend. That was a very busy weekend. Yeah, and we got there. We great,
2: were. That was a great party you had too, by the way.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, we were. We were so grateful for the opportunity. You know, working with uh, the Gospel Music Association again, and Praiser was the prime sponsor in partnership with BMI for the the official yeah. Dove's after party, and everyone came. Aaron Cole was there. I saw everybody. Um, which Dude, was. I a, got
2: to hang out with Zach Williams, uh, Kirk Franklin. Yeah, we I have think some Coach video. Barnes, uh, so many awesome artists that I just admire. It was amazing. Yeah. Hey, I was, uh, hey, my pastor's here. Jason, come say hi. Yeah, come on, Jason. Make, not,
0: a, make an appearance. He's
2: <laughs> the man that lets us do our thing, every day. Hey, hey what's up, man? <laughs> hey. That's Brandon
0: that's, Bailey and Mike Rathke here. You are on the Praiser awesome. House, House for, podcast. I he can, he can't
2: hear you. Thank you for what you oh, do. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's but true. this guy, just to tell you, this guy, I met him at the Dream Center. Part of that story I told you, he came through as a guest speaker, and that led to, oh, my mom lives just down the road from you, which led to, when you're in town, come. Come jump oh, in and worship with us. Awesome. Which led to every year doing that once or twice a year, which led to last year, hey, can you help us with auditions? Which led to, Hey, I think God said you're supposed to be your guy here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love awesome. it. We love it. Good Funny to see you, man. Guys.
0: Love you too, bro. Okay. Yeah, man. Yes. Um, well, we're gonna have we'll have to all get together up there and there. Yeah. But you know, so when we're we're, you know, talking, uh yeah, you, know, you went to the party, of course, and we got to go to your showcase the night before. Or was it the night before? Day yeah. before. Two days before. It was one of those days before. Yeah, it was, I, yeah day So before. much has happened between now and then. My goodness yeah. gracious. I've I slept
1: more than twice, no. so I don't even remember anything. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: so we show up, and they're on stage, and they're
1: jamming. Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, my goodness. We kind of joked, like, we were listening to New Soul Now today. And I was almost saying, we should go back to their studio, make them record it live yeah. with the same guys and girls, obviously yeah. Danielle, and just jam i'd love to hear that, that lot that,
2: i want to hear a whole that song, album that song crushes live we just uh, uh have you ever heard of ryan reese from the whosoever's yeah yeah yep, he's yep. good friends with brian welch and and uh Sonny from pod and stuff like that Oh sure. we did a fall concert here uh not long ago a few several weeks back just before the end of the year and uh we recorded the song live and we're going to release a video in oh any, nice any minute now
1: Oh, sweet. And I'll
2: send it to you all privately first, but yeah. uh, it's recorded live right right in this room right here.
1: With the same yeah. band that you had in. That's on
2: Precious Live.
1: same band you had in Nashville?
2: Yeah, so the band for the live video we shot was the same drummer, same bass player, Zach, Zach Logan on drums, uh, Alan Golden Jr. from San Antonio on bass. He's a beast. Oh, yeah. And uh, Tyler, of course, on guitar. And yeah. then my wife was there, and we had a couple people from the church singing background vocals and a different keyboard player. My, oh, the keyboard player was insane. He's a friend of mine named Dave Yaden who's won Grammys for like, uh, he co wrote Need You Now by Lady Annabellum long uh-huh. ago and bought his first house from that. And he, he unfortunately he had a big legal falling out from that. But, but he is an incredible musician and flew in to do the recording with oh, us. Oh, that's so. awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, we, uh, man.
1: I can't wait to hear that.
0: And they're going to hate me because I know them a little bit. But, you know, uh, we know some of the guys that played in that band and the whole Lady A thing. I'm not going to go into it. But, yeah, we we kind of know what. Sometimes it catches up, you know. I'm not going to say karma, but sometimes it catches up. Um,
2: yeah, I do
0: that. Well, we we love all of the music um, right now. New soul now is is the top single, doing doing well. People love it. It's a big reception. Um, yeah. Of course, we know you back from all the way back to Lord of All. Good day. Even would you believe that has done such a great job for you guys in, in your camp? Um, and when you go back to would you believe that was a radio single that I know went top twenty. If I can recall, I think it was, tw- it was, I know it was a couple years back, but um, that, the reception to that song, it feels like that was like, I, I don't want to say that there's a threshold or a line you cross when they're like, oh, this is a serious, like serious guy in, in the Christian music scene, but I feel like it was like, wow people are like really paying attention to brad out and what danielle and the whole crew are doing um since then do, what do you have for 2021 we know that every, you've been very busy in the church leading the worship i'm so grateful that you're now here and i can just you know throw a baseball uh-huh. to you and hang out um yeah. what do we got going on now for 2021 i know that everyone's kind of scrambling here for the summer dates
2: yeah well we are um we have some other songs. We have a song called Awake the Soul. I don't know why soul is the big theme in this, this last couple of years, but uh, we wrote a really beautiful worship song called Awake the Soul that uh, we are about to record and we will release it this year. We might do a live recording here. We're setting up the sanctuary with a it's something called a Dante card and a whole setup where oh, yeah. we can catch capture it live. And yep. um, that's something we're going to be doing soon. And uh, I plan to, uh, my, we, we did this gathering last night at the church with our whole tech team and everybody involved here. And everybody picked a word for 2021, like uh, in lieu of a resolution, we prayed about some stuff and we just to a word that we would that just prophesy over this year that we felt God put on our hearts. And mine was harvest mm. because I just feel like with all these ingredients of, of, passion and inspiration from the Lord and, and this house he's put us in, um, incredible sound people coming through to train our team and, um, that we're just going to be pumping out music to reach the nations from this place. And that's kind of what 2021 is and Awake the Soul will be the next one that we share with our church first and then see what God wants to do with it.
0: Well, That's we awesome. we have some really exciting news for you. So, <laughs> Mike doesn't know this is coming. This is a, this is what I call a, a bomb. Um, <laughs> we have a new global music distribution company. There I is am. definitely a track that you are about to release that could be released with Four Core Music Distribution. It's like a TuneCore, a CD Baby out there. Something you definitely have to check out. Uh, we'll send you send you some yeah. little, little literature on
1: it. Be an point. honor. So, I, I wanted to talk about the, the new soul now, like. Um, so we saw it when we, we saw you guys play it when in Nashville and like when we walked away from that, we're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like this song is, is so you, it's such a, it's such a fresh sound. Like it's for, for one, it's got this like awesome kind of blues riff. And then Tyler just like shreds on the guitar, man. He just, yeah. he is, he is such a gifted guitar player, but like, I don't know. You want to talk about the writing experience of that? Cause that it was, to me it was so unique and so, um, fresh that it, it's just there's gotta be a cool story to it.
2: There, yeah, of course. Uh, so Tyler comes from Memphis originally and his, his daddy was a, a old blues player and, and he's got that deep in his soul. So you, you're just hearing that come out. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys know Tyler lived with me for like a year in our house in Los Angeles. So yeah. we we're like brothers and I, I, I don't know, he and I, we make a joke that we're like the, uh, the, the, you know, those guitar singer duos in, in rock music, <laughs> yeah. like Steven Tyler and, uh the you know other guy. About. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're that guy because we just, we both love to rock, you know, but we love, we love worship. But, but somehow when we get to either these sort of Nashville sounding or bluesy sound and songs just happen. So we decided. We're just going to be authentic and kind of walk into that. And uh, we might even call it a band instead of Brad Alden. I don't know, because it's such a specific thing. I I don't know what God's going to do with that. But um, but that it started from him. So he had he had lived with me for a year. And he at that time in L.A., he had gone off and he was playing with Free Chapel and some other stuff. And um, I remember him. we, We had been jamming at my house, but he goes, yeah, I'm I just got these song ideas on my heart and he, and he went and he tracked them originally with like beastly players like Will Burkhead who's with, he's with Lo, but he's played with church for the nations and free chapel and so many players he's played on a couple of my songs. Um, uh, but his biggest thing lately is with Lo on bass and the drummer, Sean Horton, who's played with every gospel artist you can think of. Um, the piano players Leonard Leonard Drayton, who's toured with Israel Houghton, and just so many just these monstrous people. And they just kind of got in a room and jammed, right? He didn't have any words or anything like that. So years go by. I'm not kidding, years go by, and he and I decide to get into this writing mode again. And he pulls out these few songs, and that was one of them. Wow. And he's like, Yeah, dude, I got this riff that I put down this demo a few years ago when I when we lived together, and I didn't I forgot to give it to you, right? <laughs> and, uh, I was like, Oh my God, this is such a cool song. And so, so that turned into new soul now. And we kind of changed the pre-chorus and, and then we, we went to Austin and recorded all the kind of, uh, choir BGVs. We met this guy that worship leader in another church and he came in while we were tracking and he goes, Oh man, I've got this choir. We could sing blah, blah, blah. And it just it was a cool thing. It's yeah. fun song. It's kind of rocking, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it, and
1: it's a it's a it's such a unique sound for for worship, which I love. Like I I love when, because we I mean worship isn't about the the bells and whistles and stuff, but but man, if you can do something creative in in worship, and I mean I mean why not? I mean Psalmist says to sing a new song to the Lord, like play skillfully before before the Lord. Like I think that applies to writing too. Write skillfully before the Lord, and and you guys did it. I mean. I don't know anybody that hears it if you if to our audience if you haven't if you haven't heard new soul now you need to get, go check it out because it's it's gonna it's gonna smack you in the face a little bit in a good way
2: <laughs> you. Mike, you guys have a lot of musicians who listen to you guys and and uh probably check this out so I, I would say this that uh the thing that I'm learning as I get older is that uh the only thing that people are going to really respond to is authenticity yeah. so I think you go through this thing and especially young people in worship of you know, you got to look like Hillsong or sound like Bethel or elevation and they're awesome. I love them too, but that's not you. Yeah. So part of what you hear in new soul now is just us being authentic to, to our roots. And, and, and that's what I hope people notice.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you said that. What came to mind when you guys were talking and it just hit me, like it just smacked me in the face. It takes me back to the interview with Brad and Danielle for the Praiser sessions. Um, you know, when you show up at a church and you don't look alike or you're not dressed the same, you kind of like, do I fit in, especially as a new or younger person? And what I love what you're doing with your music is you're just letting God take the wheel, you know, and you're not letting go. I mean, you know, just letting him just do it. And you're coming as you are. And so when you come as you are in front of the God, you're like, God, I am nothing without you. Do what you want. Yeah. And man, it just comes out—all these new sounds, these new elements. Look what's happening! Your worship leading in a big, big church, you've got a beautiful wife, uh, health—you're healthy. I mean, you got—you know—you got good-looking friends. You know, you I—I um, <laughs> you know, I, I had to make some people laugh today. But, dude, we're just so proud of you. I mean, yeah. I've seen this, you walk this, and you know, we—I'm just gonna say it out there, Mike. Nashville is a tough town for certain types of music. It's a closed-knit community. And to watch Brad and his wife walk in and just, just see how God has just steered them through the noise and maybe where people aren't, aren't paying attention, they are paying attention now. Yeah. And it's taken a good couple of years to walk that, and you've had a lot of help and 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 help in a good way. The right people around you, people that aren't going to steer you down. Something. Well, you got to cut it like this. You got to have loafers, loafers. Uh, Brad's like, I'm rocking vans. I'm doing my thing, and we love that about you, man. And that's why our audience loves you. We we're gonna keep pushing Brad out and stuff. And you know, this has been a great interview. You know, you're welcome here anytime.
2: Yeah, I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, we man. were
0: trying to figure out how we're going to squeeze you in this little shipping. You know, this is a shipping container we're in, <laughs> you know, like, the, <laughs> yeah,
1: That's
2: awesome. Yeah. yeah,
0: Mike and I slave for it. Um, do you have anything you want to share with our audience? We always like to leave this last corner of the interview to say this is your time. You have the opportunity to speak to the audience. Not only does it just go to the Praiser House, which is a new a new chapter, mm-hmm. a smaller distribution, but when you look at how we're plugging it through Praiser, it's a large distribution. So tens and tens of thousands of people will be able to hear a message. Is there anything you want to share with folks for 2021 or anything that you want to plug even as well for your band and the group?
2: Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you guys having us on and I'm so grateful to be here at coastline community church in Florida. And Mike's coming up to worship with us, which is great. And I want to get you involved in one of our acoustic sessions. Yeah, brother. Um, I, I would just say, you know, something that I'm applying to uh, our worship team as we, as we build a new culture here for little kids, for young adults, for the, everybody involved in worship as a whole, uh, corporately, I'm really adopting Colossians three twenty-three, And that, that scripture says, do everything like you're doing it for God. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if, if, people who uh, do know God could, could think of that verse every morning. How, how much better would your life, would your worship, would your marriage, would your work, would your volunteering, would your everything be? So um, I guess that's what I would share. I could, I could end in a prayer if you want, but, but Colossians 3.23 comes to mind this uh, Do everything like you're doing it for God. It's not about us. It's about what God's doing with us. Uh, I think if we can be authentic and, and, and focus our eyes on Him, Amazing things happen. Yeah. Uh, we call this a house of miracles because we're just watching God move in this place. And uh, Mike, you were here last week. I mean, there's yeah. just a powerful spirit coming into this room, and it it starts by removing ourselves and asking yeah. God to fill this place. And uh, and that's because we remember to 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 put Him first. And I know it sounds cliche, but not this, at that's all. what
0: I. It's man. not. That was a beautiful final paint stroke to that painting, sir. Yeah. As, as <laughs> cliche as that might even by sound. Um, we love you, man. We're so proud of yeah, you. Brother. Love you, too. God bless you. you and I'm going to get up there, too. He's going to drag me up there, and uh, we're going to go hang out. And we definitely need to do a maybe another praiser session. I don't know. There's lots yeah. of things we can do together. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. This This, this house is your house, so if you want to do something live here, we'll do it
0: amen man we I can don't... do that we'll bring equipment we'll do some live view streaming you name it next thing you know they're gonna the doves are gonna be asking to house it in your place
1: <laughs>
0: <Let's> Go! <laughs> no hey give give danielle a big hug for us high five oh, well. the crew man yeah. we love you and we'll see you real soon
2: well, and brad
0: out man golly you know what mike i love brad so much like yeah he's a good, he's you know a good so guy. great about brad and it's kind of like scripture we talk about this all the time the next thing you know the more you love on somebody the more you hang around people that look like, you talk about you know that love Jesus it just kind of it fills yeah. you up right mm-hmm. and then you learn something new yeah I learned two things a day and you got a spiritual punch out of it yeah how many yeah. spiritual punches are we up to in this this season I don't know I think four or five something like that well I'm so proud of them they they yeah. they, they, they work really hard I mean they're they're folks who When it goes back to those old comments, like when people see competition, there's collaboration for them. Yeah. When there's dead space, they're creating new air. Yeah. And I'm so proud that they can continue to do that. A lot of folks, you know, when they go through trials and tribulations, either makes you breaks you or makes you quit. Yeah. Um, Some people will just fall forward and tumble, but sometimes they don't tumble into what they're supposed to be doing. Right. They don't. They don't not understand that. Yeah, uh, in a sense. And, and it's good to see that. And look, they're so busy. Danielle was even uh, double booked. Yeah, no, that's the only joke. Yeah. But um, we look forward to having them as well. Um, for our folks, if you haven't, if you didn't hear, make sure you subscribe to our cast. You're not going to know what's happened unless you're subscribed to the Praiser House. Um, but make sure you go back to BradAlden.com. There's a whole list there. The bios are there. The music is there. There's press write ups. Uh, you can contact them. They love their fans. Reach out to yeah. them. Um, so please go do that. Well, I am so happy about today's episode. Brad was such a great it was such a great interview, really, yeah. to get to know him. So make sure you guys check it out, bradaldon.com. I'm Brandon Bailey, and this is Mike Racky, and this is The Praiser House. Yep. See you guys. Howdy. See y'all. Praiser, House.